it's time to wake up. Because whether you realize it or not, you've been sleeping. We all have. We've all been sound asleep while something very, very terrible and very, very dangerous has been happening all around us. And that is the end of the world, the destruction of the world as we know it. Now, before you panic and turn this off, I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to shout gloom and doom. But I am here with a message. And that message is very simple. It's to wake up. Now, you may have a question and say, well, wake up to what exactly? What are we waking up to? And that's, that's a very good question. The best way I can answer it is with a simple metaphor. Imagine you're on the Titanic. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was a beautiful boat had a lot of opulent qualities, right? It's very classy. But the Titanic right now is very deep under the ocean. It's a skeleton. And the people who didn't make it out alive, well, they're fish food. So, you know, it's like being on the Titanic. Imagine if you're on the Titanic, but you're sitting there in the ballroom just enthralled and entranced with this orchestra that's playing. You know, the music, and you don't realize that the water, even though it may be cold and it's, you know, rising, it's all around you. It's around your legs, it's going up your knees, it's going up your waist, and yet people are still sitting there chatting away about, you know, what they did that day on the boat or what they're going to do tomorrow, looking at the band playing and enjoying the music and reminiscing about what it reminds them of, you know, all these types of things that we do as a reaction to the physical world. And it never ends. I mean, it never ends. Turn on the TV, look on the internet, look on YouTube, any, any talk show where people are talking about something. It never ends. It never ends because you can just talk and talk and talk about something all day long and you're just stuck. You're in this matrix, right? You're in this matrix of thought, of reality that's based entirely on assumptions. Imagine the people that were on the Titanic the night that it sunk. Prior to, you know, realizing that all hell was breaking loose, they were living their lives normally. 
You know, they were talking about what's what they're going to do when they get to their destination. They're going to talk about what they had for lunch, you know, or who they're upset about, you know, all these worldly things. And the same goes, you know, if you know anything about the Bible, when the flood struck, you know, people were doing the same thing that they always did up until the day that the skies opened and the floodgates opened and the entire world changed forever. And so there's a very important lesson in this repeated theme that we see, you know, not just in the examples I gave you, but there's many others. And it's this sudden awareness to the truth, to the truth that you are on a sinking ship. And some people come to that awareness later in their life, let's say when they're 50 or 60 maybe, or 70, and their physical ailments remind them that there is a destination, right? The sinking ship is your body, it's your health. That from the day you were born, you were dying, basically. I mean, there's no way out of this other than through death. And so that realization is the same as the Titanic example, it's the same as the Noah's flood example, is that we don't realize what is happening until it's too late almost, you know. Not always, but it's almost too late. You know, we have to be taken to the very limit to realize the truth. So again, you know, I'm here with a message, and that message is to wake up and to help others wake up too, because we are all on a sinking ship. And the ship has been sinking for a while, but we're we're reaching that point where the water is up to people's necks and they're still looking at the band and still trying to chit-chat about their lives and their futures and all these materialistic stupid things and it's it's a shame really is what it is it's a shame you need to wake up and see the truth and so so what is the truth you know what are we looking to wake up to well it first starts with realizing all of the evil in the world And again, stay with me because I'm not here to preach gloom and doom or to scare you, you know, beyond any functional level of needed scaring that everybody needs. You know, you need to sometimes be scared a little bit into investigation, right? Into waking up. But beyond that, you know, I don't care to scare you with anything. It's, you know, my my message is actually a really good one, but... We have to look and see the truth. And the truth is that the world is ruled by very evil people. People who worship a God of death. And if you're Christian, you know, we call that God Satan. And it's not a God, actually. It's an entity. It's a force. It's a belief system. But, you know, he is referenced as the God of this world in the Bible. And that's because people who are attached to this world who are in rebellion to the God that has revealed himself over and over again, who are in rebellion to all that is good, all that is great and beautiful, and all that is in alignment with creation as it was initially intended. All those people who are in rebellion, they follow this particular entity, right? And that's unquestionable. I mean, you know, we're not going to dive into it here, but... You know, I invite you to do your own research. Look into it. Look into secret societies. Look into, you know, satanic practices. Look into Hollywood. Look into 
I mean, it, it it's endless. It's endless, right? So the point is, it's not about learning every single conspiracy theory, learning every single detail to every single thing that's happened. It's not about that at all. It's about realizing that the devil is real. That's what it's about realizing first. It's that the devil is real, you know, because look, here's the thing. If you wanted to convince somebody, you know, there's a very important point here, and it's this. If I'm your worst enemy, it doesn't, you know, there's no advantage on my part for you knowing that I exist, right? So if I'm your worst enemy, I'm trying to do everything possible to subvert you, to destroy you, you know, to work against you, to profit from you, if, if that's what I want, it serves me no purpose for you to know, number one, that that's happening, uh, and number two, to know that I even exist, right? And so if you agree with that, which is a very simple observation that you can see on your own, then you'll also see that this truth, that the devil is real, that evil is real, that demons are real, you know, all these things that, uh, that we've known for a long time that are real, that these have been written off as superstitions. There's been a lot of different things that have come in from both science, from religion, from the New Age movement, right? So many different avenues that slowly eat away at the truth to, to sort of give you either a half-truth or to distract you away from the truth with some other, you know, theory or, or belief system, all in an effort to ultimately distract you from the truth. And there's so many flavors here. We're talking so many flavors. What they all do, though, is they all bring you back to the material world in some way. They all bring you back to the material world. Whether it's being super present and in your senses with all the New Age stuff, I've talked about this before, but, you know, New Age is... One of the things that the New Age does is it keeps you in the present world, in the material world. It doesn't discuss an afterlife, and that's by design. You know, the reason New Age is popular is not because it's some, you know, universal truth or it has some, you know, huge significance to it. No, the reason it's popular is because the people pulling the strings who are evil and who do worship a god of death and who, who do a lot of nefarious things behind the scenes, that they want you to believe that there is no devil, that it's not about good versus evil, but, you know, we're all a universal consciousness and, you know, we have to ascend and, you know, claim our right or as divin divine beings, whatever. And that's all nonsense. It really, I mean, it's just, it's nonsense. I won't break it down here because... I've broken it down before, but it's all nonsense because it doesn't address anything about what is actually real. You know, the real life is not here. It's not this material world illusion that you're in. Even science can at least admit that. You know, what's real is eternal. It's beyond the veil. And so what you do here in this life and how you shape your soul through what you believe and through the things that you do, that's what really matters. And there's already a manual for that. And there's only one person, by the way, who talks about that, and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one person that's been betrayed, beaten, humiliated, and crucified, and risen from the dead, mind you, throughout history for his people, for his beliefs.
Even Peter, who got crucified, wanted to get crucified upside down because he didn't feel he deserved the same death as Christ. And so you have to look at that and say, well, you know, imagine if we took, you know, every politician, (laughs) every world leader, every religious leader, you know, and they were presented with this ultimatum. Said, listen, you know, would you be betrayed, beaten, humiliated, and ultimately crucified for your people? Would you do that? I can guarantee you, I mean, it doesn't, you know, take a conspiracy theorist or anybody even versed in politics to very quickly realize that probably 99.999% or probably 100% of those people would not be able to do that for their people. And so that really begs the question then, right? You know, why do we keep looking to the material world for solutions to what is ultimately a spiritual problem, a spiritual problem of being human? Being human is a spiritual problem. You know, the New Age and whatever other, you know, law of attraction, all this kind of stuff that we find so popular today, or politics even, you know, anything that you're looking for guidance in the sense of like, you know, some sort of ticket out. You know, people, I see people today that they're so excited about voting another person into office because that's the one who will save us. You know, or whatever else, you know, going to some motivational speaker. Look, you know, men are flawed. And when you really understand the full weight of control that is in the world by the people who are in control, who always have been in control and who will be in control, then you realize that politics is just nonsense. It doesn't matter what side of the street you're on. It really is. Because again, there are no material solutions to the spiritual condition of being human. things that mankind created compared to the things that God created are very, very different things. Everything that God created generates life. Look around you. It's not hard to figure that out. I mean, everything that God created was originally perfect. And, you know, we have been out of alignment with God for a very long time. And so don't be fooled that we are evolving. You know, we're not evolving. That's another thing to wake up to. We're not evolving. (laughs) We're actually de-evolving, if you know anything about evolution. Or I should say the way it's proposed. It doesn't exist, but the way it's proposed. uh, Yeah, is there adaptation? Are there genetic changes? Yes. Are there epigenetic changes? Yes. But, you know, A plus B plus C doesn't equal D. In fact, it equals the opposite of D. Things lose information over time. They change. They change form. Look, I mean, it's very simple. Tell me if you could breed a poodle from a wolf. Yes, eventually you can breed a poodle from a wolf or a dachshund. I love dachshunds. They're super cute. Uh, You know, you could breed a dachshund from a wolf, but you'll never be able to breed a wolf from a dachshund. Never. 
that's because wolves are the original template. That they were the original perfect template. They didn't have all the diseases and problems you see dogs having today because we've bred and changed them so much. And every time, every new generation, they lose information. The same way goes for humans and everything on the planet, right? So we are losing information. You know, we are getting sicker and sicker. The world is getting worse. It seems that we have all these fancy technological gadgets, but they're all just distractions. You know, and if you think that probably I would say 80 to 90% of the things that are created or lauded as innovations, they were really created by the same people who are still in control, orchestrating the, the theater that we see in the world. You know, the, the phone is great, right? The social media in principle seems like a good idea, but who's controlling it? You know, tools are tools, money's a tool, but you can do a lot of terrible things with money, or you can do a lot of good things with money, right? So a tool really just depends on the hand that holds that tool. And when you realize that, again, the hand that's been holding the material world and guiding it uh, is an evil hand, it's a very specifically evil hand, meaning a devil-worshipping evil hand, then that starts to wake you up a little bit. Again, you don't have to know every single conspiracy theory, but when you realize that the devil is real, that the people at the top worship the devil, and they would rather have you be a New Ager, an atheist, you know, a scientist, you know, and I don't mean scientist as in like a person who practices science, but uh, somebody who worships science, like a, like scientism, right? That's what I meant, you know, somebody who's basically worshiping science, you know, which is basically atheism, agnosticism, uh, mysticism, you know, any kind of ism other than basically the truth, which is realizing that if the devil exists, then God is real. And if God is real, then how do I know which God? Well, if God is real and the devil is real, then it must be the God that revealed himself over and over again through the originally the Hebrew tradition and then as Jesus Christ in the flesh to show us how it's done, to show us how to escape the problem of being human, the problem of having this thing that we believe to be free will, but it's really just a trap. That's the fruit of the, uh, the knowledge of good and evil. It's this illusion that we are the ones that can choose the best for our lives, that we're the ones that can choose between good and evil. And that's a total illusion. The choice is, do I let God run the show in my life or do I run the show in my life? That's the only choice you have in life. And when you go into the paradigm of, I'm going to run my life, I'm going to choose what's best and what's worst, I'm going to be in control, well, that's... You're disconnecting yourself from the source of all life, which is God, who is morally perfect, who is outside of time and space, outside of death. You know, that's, and that's, that doesn't, you know, that's not a hard thing to conclude, really. I mean, if you think about just the world in itself, you know, what would be the cause of this world when you really sit down to think about it, right? Ever thought about it? I mean, okay, let's say the Big Bang caused, which it didn't, but let's say the Big Bang caused the universe as we know it. Well, what caused the Big Bang? 
Well, let's say it was, you know, this. Well, what caused that? Well, you know, let's say it was this. So ultimately, no matter what explanation you try to come to, you're still going to come to the same conclusions, right? Which is something causeless that already exists and is beyond time and space had to cause what we see in front of us. And that causeless thing had to be intelligent because we have a lot of information in the universe. And that information existed from the very beginning. And information is only created by a mind. You don't leave a piece of paper, you know, a blank piece of paper on your table and come back and then suddenly, you know, music or, you know, manuscript is written on it. Well, no, it doesn't happen because you have to be the one that creates that information. Your mind is the one that generates new information. Right, so we come back to this idea that there is no way to escape God in your natural conclusions. And science tries to get away from that. But again, you know, it's, um, I don't want to get too much into it because it's beyond the topic of this talk, but look into quantum physics. All the quantum physicists were all mystical Kabbalists, mystics, you know, and if you know what the Kabbalah does and what it's connected to, then... It gives you all the answers right there just to know that association. You know, atomism. Do you think the Greeks had microscopes? Or was there something else going on? Well, if you look at the Greeks, you know, they were all occult worshippers and, you know, multiple gods and, and, you know, had Apollo as their secret society. You know, Pythagoras had his own secret society that worshipped Apollo. And they did initiation rites and, you know, they worship spheres. And so they came up with this idea of an atom. And atomism is a very, you know, convenient tool. And it was, at least until quantum physics came around. Atomism is a very convenient tool to reinforce this idea that you need to struggle in life. That everything's a separate, random, mechanistic universe of stupid things that culminates in something smart like you and me. And that's just a very crappy way in a very messy way of trying to extricate God, which is inextricable from reality. And it worked for a while, but in the early 20th century, you started having this pivot of, you know, these people who were all mystical Kabbalists, you know, like Einstein, like Niles Bohr, and a few others. You know, they were from the most hotly practiced mystical Kabbalah area in Europe at the time. And even some of the, like, I think the father of the rocket or rocket propulsion, I forget his, his name, but he was an open occultist and mystic. I mean, all these people, the Nazis had an obsession with the occult, and a lot of the Nazis came over to the U.S. to start NASA, you know. So, look, the rabbit hole goes deep, but the point is that you know, there, there, is an, there is a devil, there are people in charge who worship the occult, who do nefarious things, who don't have humanity's best interest at all in mind, right? So when you wake up to that and you realize through contrast, you know, it's like seeing, seeing something from what it is not. You know, it's like looking at a mold for something and based on how the mold looks, you can determine what it's actually supposed to create, right? So it's looking at it from a from an op- opposite view or a contrast view. And in the same way, I think that by realizing that there is a true evil in the world, that people 
at the top truly do worship the devil and and want to bring about a world of of a one world religion one world government you know it's very plainly evident now that that also means that god is real and then you have to you know to look for the answer you have to see okay well you know which perspective is promoted and which perspective is shunned and the answer to that is very simple you know you look at everything and everything that's popular has a common role in the agenda right has a common role in the agenda with the new age movement non-duality you know it's this whole being present in the world not taking any action it's not about denying your body it's not about an afterlife at all it's not about living with virtue it's about moral relativism it's about you being the divine it's about you know easy street it's about having your best life now and just even the personal growth movement you know it's all related man it's all related and that all combined creates the sinking ship you got to wake up to that and you have to see that the ship is sinking the world we're on it's not going to continue like this for 20 more years it's really not you know look around you the rate at which we're going these people who are in control have a deadline to meet and that deadline is being enforced as we as i speak and as you listen right now it is being rolled out and again i'm not here to preach fear but I am here to preach, well, I'm not preaching, but I am here to deliver a message of waking up, right? Because once you wake up, you realize that the, that the ship is sinking. This planet is, or I should say plane, let's put it that way, it's a realm. This realm is, doesn't have that much more time left. We're in the 11th hour. You know, and the good news, the really, really good news, the amazing news is that there's a lifeboat. So as soon as you wake up from the trance, stop listening to the band, stop talking to people about pointless stuff and realize that there's no more important thing right now than you waking up and helping other people wake up so they can see, holy smokes, this room is flooded. I need to get out of here. Where is the lifeboat? And you can't save everybody. It's not your job to save them, but you, you can try to wake people up and point to the truth, which is what I'm trying to do here and now. And that is the good news is there is a lifeboat and that lifeboat, you know, <laughs> when you go on any boat or a plane, they are required by law to have some sort of safety feature, right? But do you ever think about those safety features? Probably not. You know, usually we're busy with our phones or, you know, talking to people or just lost in our minds. You know, we don't think about those things, but yet that's one of the most important things. If you went on a boat, right? Yeah, you know, like for example, if somebody said, "All right, you know, we're going on this cruise ship, right?" But they announced at the beginning of the cruise ship, "Listen, there's no lifeboat on this cruise ship. Would you sign up for the cruise uh, for the vacation?" Probably not. 
you know, if you went on an airplane and they told you, you know, sir, before you board, just letting you know that this plane doesn't have any emergency features, would you fly? Probably not. So ultimately, if something that important is important enough to sway your decision about participating, why don't you think about it? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Why don't we think about that? We just kind of ignore it. Until a problem does happen, right? Until something does happen. And that's what's happening now. You got to wake up to it. And there is a lifeboat, and that lifeboat is named Jesus Christ. It is the only lifeboat that will save you from the problem of being human, from the problems of death and suffering, from our ego, from this illusion we call free will and pride and, and, and constant striving with desire and fear to create material outcomes in a dying world. You know, had I said this 50 years ago, it would be, you know, a, a more of a life's practice, right? And it still is. You still have to practice these things. But today, it is more like a warning message. This is not like, hey, here's some things I think are useful. You should practice them. This is a wake up the world is sinking. It's never going to be better. This is the 11th hour. If you read the Bible and if you give credence to what it says, it's very clear. God declared the end from the beginning. There is a definite beginning and there's a definite end. Why? Because, well, this is the specific amount of time that was needed for free will to run its course. For the rebellion that began with Satan, continued through Adam, and to the present day, you know, that now the world is basically ready for a new world religion under Lucifer, that is the extent of our rebellion to choose our pride and our own selfish desires and our narcissism and our, you know, whatever, darkness, over obedience to the most moral and loving and forgiving source of truth in life. And so don't let the new age sci-fi world confuse you with all these futurism and futuristic promises of, of, of a utopia that's coming, you know, of, of space travel. There's no such thing. These are all distractions. They're distractions to get you to keep your energy in the material world, to not realize that there is an end, and that end is coming very soon. The water is up to people's necks right now. And if you don't realize very soon, then you may just miss that lifeboat. That would be a real shame, because there are no other lifeboats, and you'll be way out in the middle of the ocean, and you'll sink. And look where the Titanic is now, right? So, ultimately, there is a lifeboat. And it's open for everybody. You just have to wake up and see that it's there. You know, we are never free when we think that we are free and we're acting according to our own desires, our own plans, our own will. It never, ever ends up the way we want it to. 
It's because we're not omnipotent. We're not omniscient. We're not in control of everything. We're not perfectly moral. We're not perfectly self-disciplined. Right? And so we inevitably get caught up in the world. I mean, the world is just constantly ups and downs. And that's why, like I said, death and suffering, this is the ultimate thing. And, and no other approach to that spirituality addresses them in the same way that Jesus Christ does. And that's, that's really very important. And if you look again at what has been promoted and what has not been promoted, you have to ask yourself, why has Hollywood and, you know, every major place not promoted these things? Why? Because there's money to be made when, when the individual believes that he is the sovereign. Right? So the people at the top have their God, but they would rather you be a materialistic, godless, cultureless, you know, heathen <laughs> that's just, uh, you know, meditating all day and enjoying their body and going on TikTok and, you know, doing all these material world things that are not at all consequential to the actual eternal existence that awaits you, right? And this truth, to wake up to this, really, it starts again with with realizing that there is true evil in the world. And when you realize that, and you realize that the specific nature of that evil, you, you do start going down the rabbit hole a little bit, right? But the point is, again, not to memorize every single theory or bit of history that's been you know, hidden from you. It's, it's to see the truth, which is that you're on a dying world, you're a dying realm, you're a, a sinking ship, and all of the things that are presented to us as solutions, whether there's some new financial system, whether it's a new political system, a new person, a new religion, it's all nonsense. We are at the end. This is the final grab for control, and if they can't get it with oppression, they're going to get it through seduction and to promise you something that they can never give, and that is spiritual salvation. It can never come from a man and a man's systems. So, you know, I don't know how it's all going to play out. I don't know how it's going to play out, but we have to use discernment. You have to use discernment. Learn your history. Learn your history. You don't have to learn all of it, but learn and realize that history, science, religion, spirituality, you know, it's all a lie, man. There's 99% of the world is a lie. There's only one very important percent, that shining percent, that narrow door that Jesus tells us so many times. Such a beautiful phrase. Strive for the narrow gate. For many will go through the wide one and be lost. It's a narrow gate indeed. You know, it, it's nice to say, oh, I'm saved. <laughs> or I believe in Jesus. You know, it's easy. But to be self-disciplined, to be humble, to surrender your will to God constantly, to subvert your ego to deal with suffering by taking it on 
as purposeful for your growth as your cross to see beyond death into the afterlife. These things which no other discipline, especially not the new age, they don't really teach you that. You know, that's again, that's by design. Because it's completely contrary to the pyramid, to the slave pyramid that's been set up around us. So I said, you know, Jesus has inverted the inversion that happened. And the only way we can be right again <laughs> is truly to follow him. That is the truth. You know, he, he does say, I am the truth, the way, and the life. And the truth will set you free. And it really does. Peace only comes when we let go of ourselves. All of the root of suffering is because of ego. And ego is tied into this illusion, intimately into this illusion that we can choose the best for our lives, that we are masters of our fate, that we are the authors, the creators. So, so it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And again, you know, this... Uh, talk is not about giving you every single little detail but hopefully it's been enough for you to ask some questions you know that's really how it begins is to ask some questions true faith is founded in doubt i believe that in some sense because you know if you never have anything that challenges your faith then you really don't know what you believe right so hopefully this has inspired you to ask some questions to ask some serious questions some really serious questions. And maybe you won't get all the answers, but the point is that the questions will draw you forward. Because some answers are there. They're waiting for you. And it's not easy. You know, it's, it's not easy as you wake up. Because most people would rather sit there and watch the band playing, even though they're up to their necks with cold water. They'd prefer to talk about nonsense. And so you can't save everybody, and you probably will not be able to save most people in that sense, but it's not up to us to do the saving. All we can do is try and point back to the truth. I can be a sign so that if you're looking at me, I'm pointing to the truth. I'm not pointing it to a lie. And so, you know, it's a lonely road, but is it really that lonely when you have the almighty creator, the most loving and moral being in the universe that knows exactly what you need. And you have that amazing being with you at all times. It's not really that lonely, is it? So, it's time to wake up. It's time to let go of most of the things that we were doing that we found value in they're so meaningless it's all so meaningless and that's a great thing because it means you can be free most of the things that we get consumed with are completely meaningless they really are and when you get that you know you start being less attached to stuff and to people and to commitments and more attached to truth. I care only about the truth today. What is true? Does somebody align with truth? Am I engaging my time in spreading truth? Am I engaging my time in learning the truth? Always use truth 
as your compass. And you will find that lifeboat because it's there waiting with open arms. And I hope to meet you there because it is quite the time to be alive, isn't it? God bless.